So this has been an interesting week, uh, starting with the Friday before Christmas Eve. I did a devotion video, Luke, and in our devotion video I said we had a baby. So my wife, when she was taking care of that, she wrote in there, congratulations, Luke and Savannah, so no one would assume we was us. Sunday morning was an incredible time. These two young men, see, that's what happens when you get baptized. You sit on the front row at church the next week. (laughs) Barrett and Graham baptized last Sunday. And, And just in the tragedy of the Sunday, there was the news that I got before service about David's passing. Um... The work, the excitement of of service and what we get to accomplish, the joy in that, but then the responsibility that comes in this situation. I said, for me, uh, it's a good thing we don't age by weeks, but that last week was really the microcosm of a year. Like the ups and downs, the ebbs and flow, you know, like even the next week we had Vita's funeral on Wednesday, so there were the preparations for that and still trying to meet with the funeral home and get things figured out. For David, it's just, it was so synonymous with, with the year. There's truly these moments of joy and moments of sorrow, the, the times of hard work, the times of celebration, the times of rejoicing, and the times of, of, of preparation. You know, this week, finding time with the Lord to prepare for Sunday morning was very interesting. Like, I wanted to hear from him. I did. I was tempted. I'll be very honest, and you'll see me quote a couple sermons this morning. I went back. I've been here 14 years. I know no one's memory is that good. I checked New Year's Eve to see if I ever preached on New Year's Eve to see if I had a good one, because it was probably good then, so it'd be good today. That was in my tiredness. And the Lord put on me, he, he birthed in me a message that I think is so appropriate for us today. It's so appropriate when we look at what's happening. It's New Year's Eve, and we're kind of turning the page on a a calendar. And I don't know how well we do the turning of the page. You know, some people, they don't want to turn the page, and some people just want to rip the whole page out, tear it up, throw it in the fire, and burn 2023, and and never look at it again. There's something about the way in which we do these, these transitions, and what God stirred in me is, is today I want to stop for a little bit to reflect on what was. I think it's good for us on, on New Year's Day, on this season, this week, to stop and think and ask ourselves a pretty valid question. What did God do in my life this year? Like, I mean, we're so, so often we're consumed with what's God going to do next year. We don't stop and think about what did God do this year in my life. This is a hard moment for me because it's going to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm not. I'm celebrating what God has been able to do, not just in my life, but in our church's life in this last year. So when I was thinking about it, there were some things that stood out. I'll forget things. That's just who I am. But I'm going to mention some things. i got a list of them. About 300 pounds of hamburger have been prepared and consumed, almost 1,200 tacos approximately, by junior high and senior high kids. That's not including the taco salads and whatever else come along. 
and the countless cookies and, and uh, Rice Krispie treats and brownies that were consumed by, by June. Right, Avery? Yeah. Facts. I'm telling you, the miracle of Taco Tuesday is that freezer in the back. It always fills up. God consistently provides for us the meat for Taco Tuesday. I don't have to go looking or, or finding, but, but it always shows up. Other celebrations. I was looking at our end-of-the-year finances. About $26,000 our church was able to invest in missions work. That's within the United States and abroad. That's, that's missionaries or projects that we've been able to be a part of to sow in the kingdom of God. That is absolutely incredible. I think there were four or five different members of our body who preached on a Sunday morning. In some ways, you might say, well, Pastor, that's you just being relaxed and taking it easy. For me, that is equipping the saints for the work of the gospel. It's showing maturity in the body of Christ, the people of God stepping up and saying, I'm willing to be stretched and used. We had last year, I think, four different or three different missionary services. It depends on what you consider, Tanner. He's either one of the body or he's either one of the missionaries. He was one of my pulpit services. So we had three different missionaries that aren't in our church every Sunday that came and had mission services with us here in the church. Last week I mentioned two young men stood before the church and were baptized, publicly acknowledging what Jesus Christ has done in their life. I'm telling you, God, is, he's been moving in our church, is in what we get to do in our community. Think about the things that we were able to accomplish in our community. Again, this is not to boast, it's just to be. We were able to sponsor and, and provide the Thanksgiving meal for our community this year. I'm guessing 120 to 150 people came down and, and, and were able to eat a Thanksgiving meal with us. We were able to buy a sound system. See, some of this stuff I don't talk about enough, so I don't even know if you know we did it. We bought a sound system for our community building because the sound system down there doesn't work well enough. So what did we do? We went ahead and we, we purchased that within our, our community. Quarterly, no one sees this except for my wife and Ryan. Pastor Tara puts together a care package from the church for our teachers of like coffee and, and snacks. You know, I mean, you deal with high school and junior high kids all the time. You need something. Saying we see you and we love you. Trying to be there for our community. Uh, one of the projects back in the summer, the kids went to camp. And when they came home from camp, they said, we didn't have a vacuum. They give a prize for the cleanest room and they couldn't find a vacuum. So we were able to buy 12 vacuums for the church campground in Lexington from our church body. You know, there were some pretty monumental things. Pastor Tara, our superintendent, came here on a Sunday morning and he ordained her in a service in our church. Trevor and Josie have been trained by Pastor Tara and they're taking the reins on our, on our kids and our youth ministry, something that we just determined uh, in our last board meeting. In a step of faith, Pastor Tara is going to stay on as an associate pastor in our church. How cool is it that we have three basically staff pastors in a church in Crawford, Nebraska. Tara's going to oversee mainly outreach and inreach. Like how do we meet needs in our community and how do we meet needs in our body? God's doing some remarkable things. 
We had backpacks and pumpkin extravaganza and water, flo- water bottles, water flowers. Those would be interesting. Maybe we'll try that this year at Mother's Day. Squirt, squirt. <laughs> water bottles and, and uh, roses. We're, we're continuing to grow both numerically and spiritually, financially. God is moving in our body. There's the men's Bible study. There's the women's Bible study. You know, and, and one of the things for me that I took away from Thanksgiving, and I've shared this with a few people, when we shared what we were thankful for, the theme that I heard this year was we were thankful for the body of Christ. We were thankful for the church family that we are with one another. How many countless conversations or interactions have taken place within the body of Christ, the body being what God has designed the body to be. I want to say that God did some incredible things in 2023. Amen? God did some incredible things last year. Amen? Like remarkable things. This is the power of God that moves in us and through us. I recognize that every year isn't good and there were rough times. There was sickness. There was death. There was struggles that we went through. But the reality was that in through it all, I know Jesus Christ has been with us. That through the victories, through the challenges, Jesus Christ has always been with us. A sermon that I preached before, I saw it when I was looking back, was a sermon on on remembering and and a discipline for remembering from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when they remembered, you know what they did? Someone remember the sermon? They built a pillar of stones. So when God did something remarkable, they would take stones and they would put it there so that generations, as they would come by, would see those stones and would remember what God had done. After wrestling with with God about his covenant and his plans, Jacob woke up in the place he called Bethel and he built a tower of stones. When Joshua was preparing to lead the people of God into the promised land, God divided the Jordan River and Joshua instructed the people to build a tower of stones as a reminder of what God had done. Samuel, when when he had military victory over the Philistines, he built a tower of stones. Why? So we can remember. You see, why do I say stop and think about what happened last year? I'm not saying stop and think about what happened last year so you can stay in last year. But I believe our reflection can determine our expectation for what is coming. That's why they built stone towers, so they could remember. We sang a song in worship, and I thought about it during the song. Do it again. They can remember what God had done so they can look forward to what God is going to do. They didn't say, do it again, like so you go back to the Red Sea and you just stand there and wait for him to part the Red Sea. Like That's not the point. We're moving forward in life. The, the calendar's changing no matter what, but it's important to remember what God has done. I encourage you sometime this week, sometime today, stop and think. Take a moment and reflect on where you've seen the hand of God in your life, 
in your homes, in your walk with him? What have you seen God doing? But again, we reflect not so that we can stay there. Another sermon I preached, this was one of the first sermons I preached when we came to Crawford, Nebraska. I called it Life in the Rearview Mirror. How safe is it if all you're doing when you're driving is looking at that mirror? Sometimes I talk about the people and the strategies. Sometimes it was so good we just want to stay there. And that's all we can do is focus on what was. But I promise you, if you're just looking in your rearview mirror, you're not going to see where you're supposed to be going. Now, all roads aren't straight like they are in western Nebraska. In Kentucky, you didn't have a whole lot of time to look in the rearview mirror. The reality is, is that, yes, God did incredible things, and we need to remember them. We need to celebrate them. We need to enjoy them. But we need to know that God isn't finished last year. Like, what he's got planned isn't enough. I found a state statute in the state of Nebraska. All vehicles have to have some type of rear-facing mirror. Okay? It's statute 60-6254. Operator, view to rear is required. Outside mirrors are authorized. No person shall drive a motor vehicle other than a motorcycle on a highway when the motor vehicle is constructed or loaded as to prevent the driver from obtaining a view of the highway to the rear by looking backward from the driver's position. Okay? Every vehicle has to have some type of rear view mirror. I think it's good that we have a rear view mirror, but we recognize that's not where our focus is. Our reflection shows us where we came from, may tell us where we're going, may encourage us with where we're going. Uh, in my notes, I wrote, it's important to be able to look back, but our focus has to remain on what is ahead. You're not going to make it too far forward if you're always focusing on what is backwards. So where I want to go this morning, what I want to talk about is, yeah, celebrate what was, but think about what is to come. There was a few weeks ago in a service I was in here in our church. God spoke to us about his purpose for our lives. God spoke to those who were here that Sunday, and and I'm assuming if you would have made it, it would have been applicable in your life as well, that each one of us has a purpose. That each one of us has a a place that God wants to use us. My question is, what does God intend, not just what has he done, but what has he planned for your next year? Like Not just what, what did he do, but now what is that purpose that he's been speaking to you? What is that thing that, and it's, it's an, it, this doesn't just happen because it's December 31st, going to January 1st. It's just a good time to reflect on that, right? The page is turning. And so I can think of what was, but I can also think of where I'm going. There's something that God has for your life. There's somewhere he is leading. There's purpose for you to accomplish. I want to read a story of people of purpose in the Old Testament. Oh, I guess I should read this verse first because it 
comes in my notes so way back that I didn't read it. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I read that verse and you're going to say, Pastor, you're contradicting what you just said. Paul says we forget what is behind. But you know what else he also said right before he wrote those words? He talked about all the places he's been and all the things he's done. I don't think he's saying forget as in like remove it from your memory and erase it from your, your dialogue. I think he's saying forget as in the sense of don't remain there. Don't let that be your destination. Recognize that, that the great things that were accomplished, that's what Paul was talking about in his life before he wrote those verses, were imperative, but they're not the destination. We see a chapter in the book of Hebrews about people who pressed on. We see a chapter in the book of Hebrews about a people who, who were known for their faith. They were called heroes of faith or peoples of purpose. I want to read this, these, these verses and what more shall I say? You see, these people didn't stop where they were. Think about their story. At some point they could have stopped. I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak. I love that when people do that. That's like a pastor. I don't have time to preach this, but I'm going to tell you the story anyway. Uh, that's besides the point. I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith listened to what they did. This was the purpose that God had for them. They conquered kingdoms. They administered justice. They gained what was promised. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the fury of flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies because they they pressed on because they continued in what was to come because they didn't stay in what was they didn't stay at that memorial stone but they continued to listen to god's voice women received back their dead they were raised to life again there were others who were tortured refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection some faced years and flogging and even chains and imprisonment well this is exciting they were put to death by stoning they were saved or they were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. You see, sometimes we always think it's going to be great. They went through some rough seasons, but they continued to press on. And they were pressing on what? Because they were striving for what was heavenward in Christ Jesus. They're known for their faith, the incredible things that were done, also the challenges they faced. They received what none of them received what was promised because God planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. We must press on. Maybe you didn't like 2023 and you just want to get away from it. Maybe you say it was one of the best years of my life. Always. You got married that year. The best day of your life ever happened. Right? (laughs) I say, as long as we're breathing, breathing... He still has something for our tomorrow. As long as we're alive, he's still got plans and purposes to accomplish. I want to say to you this year that God has something 
to accomplish in your life. That this year God has a purpose to fulfill in your life. There's a conversation to be had. There's a friend to show the love of Jesus Christ to. There's an opportunity that he's been speaking to you about. I shared a story about Joshua just a little bit ago. When he was preparing the people to do what? What was Joshua leading the people toward? The promised land. He was preparing them for a new season. For a new year. And and he, he said to them these words. He told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I want to say this morning, this is my message to you today. Consecrate yourselves, because tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I believe the Lord intends to continue to do amazing things among us. Do you know who this message was to? This message wasn't just to the priests. This message wasn't just to the leaders. This message was to everyone. Prepare yourself. Consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart for what God has for you. I said our reflection determines our expectation. When I see what God has done, I can't help but expect what God is going to do. In the Old Testament, they had a principle of setting things apart. In some ways, they use the word for consecration. It's another word they could use for anointing, right? Aaron, in the book of Genesis, he and his sons, they were anointed, they were consecrated for the purpose they were going to serve. They were consecrated or anointed to be priests in his kingdom. Not only were they consecrated, but the parts of the tabernacle. Look, you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it, consecrate it and all its furniture so that it may become holy. Samuel, he anointed David for the purpose that was coming. As I talk about turning the page on the calendar, I'm stirred that we should be anointed or consecrated for what God has planned for us. Samuel took the horn of the oil and he anointed them in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David because there's something in the anointing and the spirit of God for the work God has called us to. Jesus Christ said these words, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news for the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to be consecrated for what is coming tomorrow. 
I want to be ready, set apart to receive what God has in my 2024. To be consecrated, we're being set apart. It wasn't the oil that washed them and made them clean. It It was the anointing that came from God for the season that was coming. This morning, the message that Joshua spoke to the people of God as they're preparing for the promised land, I'm speaking to you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among us. The end of this service is going to be unique because I want to do this in two parts. I want Trevor and Josie to come forward. They need to be consecrated and anointed for the new season that's coming in their life. They're stepping up to lead our children. They're stepping up to lead our young people and and grow and develop them. And so I would love the moment to be able to to pray over them. I'm going to ask Mike and Casey, if you guys can come up too, as as board members, to put your hands on them. I'm going to ask Tara and Mike to come up. Tara is is stepping into this new phase of, of what God has for her through being the associate minister of our church. And I want to consecrate ourselves. Why wouldn't we anoint ourselves for the work that God has for us? Watch this, you guys. Here's some anointing oil. I want you to anoint them. You don't have to dump the whole horn if you don't want to. Um, one of you over here and one of you over there. Can you guys trade? There you go. I didn't, I didn't orchestrate this. I watched the Spirit do a whole service on Wednesday. I figured we could handle the prayer part today. In church body, I'm going to ask that you stretch your hands. And what we're going to do today is pray for the anointing of God. That anointing is represented in the oil, but it's absolutely the Spirit of God who will come upon them to allow them to lead effectively in the season they're going. Jessica's awake. She's ready for it too now. Trevor said, you made me stand up and my daughter was sleeping. This better be good. We're going to pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you for Trevor and Josie. And I thank you for your hand upon their lives. I thank you for what you have in store next year. For what you have in store in there tomorrow. And we ask for your anointing in Jesus' name. We consecrate them, Lord. We set them apart for the purpose that you have, that your will can be accomplished not just in their lives, but in the lives of our children, in the lives of our kids' friends, in the lives of our kids' families, God. Your will being accomplished in their lives. Set them apart for your work. God, and for Pastor Tara, in this season, God, in what you're doing and where you're taking her, God, we pray in Jesus' name, your anointing. We ask that your spirit would anoint her steps. Lord, she heard your voice, didn't know why. You said now was the time, God, but you're working that out. You're bringing that to pass. God, for her eyes, I ask they would be anointed to see needs. Her thoughts, they would be anointed to accomplish your will in the body, in our community, and in our world. Lord, we thank you for this. We look forward, God, to what you have in store. Eternity is transformed because of the love of Christ flowing through us. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can...
And now I want to talk to everyone else. Because too often we limit God's calling, His purpose on the ones that we call pastor. But He's called every one of us to a purpose. There's a verse, this has been a verse I've held on to since I've been in Crawford, Nebraska. It's in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. I'm, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I believe that God has new things. They might be old things that are becoming new. They might think, be things that have been there for a while, but he's bringing them to pass. I believe that God has a new thing. You know, Megan and Max, I was thinking about you this morning. What better thing than to be consecrated and set apart for the new day that's coming tomorrow? That's not prophetic, by the way, Megan, in any respect. <laughs> Behold, I'm doing a new thing. He spoke to everyone that you have a purpose in his kingdom. He's spoken to every one of us that you have a plan or a place in his kingdom. He's got something to accomplish in your life. And this morning, as an act of faith, I'm going to ask you to, to the privilege of, of what Joshua said. Joshua, and I'm going to change it to my name. Steve told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I genuinely believe that God has incredible things for you. I believe that God has plans and purposes to be accomplished in your lives. But we must be set apart. It must be anointed. In the Old Testament, anointing was synonymous with oil. In the New Testament, the anointing is synonymous with the Spirit of God. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Jesus Christ, quoting Isaiah's prophecy, to preach good news this morning to us. This morning to you. Do you hear the word of the Lord? And in just a moment, I'm going to ask that's going to, to be consecrated, you do something. You're set apart. This morning, uh, the anointing of God, it's something that he gives. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, but we must receive it. I'm going to ask for you to receive the anointing that God has for you. That, that's your act of consecration. You know, Trevor could have looked at, at Mike this morning and said, Hey, I did my hair today. Don't get any oil on my forehead. He could have said to me, Pastor, my daughter's sleeping. I don't want to walk forward. But he stood up and came forward to receive the anointing, the consecration that God has for him. This morning I'm going to ask where you're at that if you want to be set apart for the purpose that God has for you this year, this upcoming year, that you would stand where you are as an act of receiving from the Lord. And we're going to pray together. We're going to pray for God's 
Spirit to move in you and through you to show you. I'm going to ask that he puts things in your heart and mind. I'm going to ask that he reminds you of things that have been done so you can see what he's going to accomplish. I'm going to ask that he speaks clearly, maybe calls you to a new thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to... Uh, and, and I'm just going to ask that you, you receive. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then after I do that, I'm going to seal this up. I don't know how to do this because I don't do these things very well. How about this? If you want to be set apart, stand up. Father, you see every life. In this room. You see every heart. In this place. God you know every purpose. That is coming. You know the good things. That will be revealed. You know the incredible things. That will be demonstrated among us. And this morning God. In this place. I ask for your anointing. Upon our lives. Pray the Spirit of the Lord upon us. I pray, that, I pray this, the Spirit of the Lord among us. I ask for that oil from heaven to be poured out in our lives. God, I pray for thoughts. I pray for visions. I pray for dreams. I pray, God, that we would have ears that hear, eyes that see, that we would make choices that set us apart, God. Sometimes that's repentance. Sometimes that's life change. Sometimes that's repositioning so we can be in the place, God, that you need us to be. Set us apart for what you have. Set us apart for your will. Set us apart for... For your plans. God, I pray that we would be consecrated this day. I pray for the new things that are coming. I pray for for children who are listening to the Father. To accomplish every good thing you have in store. We receive your anointing. God, we receive your anointing. We receive your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to say it. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you be set apart for his purpose. May your reflections change your expectations for what God has. Amen? Be blessed.